0: Thanks for joining today. I'm recording this episode on May 29th of 2020, and we're going to be going over some of the astrology for the month of June. So um, it is worth noting that on May 28th, Mercury moved into Cancer, so the planet of our communication and the way that we process information is now um, in a very sensitive water sign. Um, and this will be the sign that Mercury stations, uh, where Mercury stations retrograde later in the month of June. Um, So moving into June, um, June 1st we have Jupiter, Quintile, Chiron. So Quintile is an aspect Um, when two planets are 72 degrees apart so this is a point between a sextile which is 60 degrees and a square which is 90 degrees Um, so the sextile is a harmonious helpful aspect whereas a square is more of um, two planets pushing each other in a certain way Um, it's a it's A square is less combative than an opposition, um, but it is a point of tension. So quintile is between those two things. Um, And the astrologer Robert Hand described a quintile as an opportunity to turn creative aspirations into concrete products. Um, And given that this is between the planets Jupiter and Chiron... In the signs of Capricorn and Aries, um, Jupiter is concerned with learning, teaching, expanding. Um, It rules the sign of Sagittarius. um, So it's very much into spirituality um, and just any, any way that we can expand our understanding of the world. At least that is certainly Jupiter's intention um, when it's doing its best. (laughs) Of course, the um, not-so-great spectrum of Jupiter ends in um, really, really fierce dogma and um, the belief that our opinion is the only right one. But ideally, we would be using Jupiter in this particular case in more of um, an expansive manner. Um, and then Chiron is associated with our psychological wounds. So Chiron has been transiting Aries for quite a while. Um, and Aries is the sign of the self. Um, and it's definitely associated with like our individual identities. So having Chiron move through Aries is sort of um, asking us to work through our identity issues, our sense of self, um, our sense of security in who we are. So, and then Jupiter uh, in Capricorn is concerned with practical creativity, um, practical generosity and contributions. So this aspect is really about, like, how can I use the stuff that I've been going through and the stuff that I need to understand and resolve about myself, how can I use that or channel that creatively into something that is not only beneficial to me, but beneficial for everyone. Um, And we have actually early in June, several different aspects to Chiron happening. And this is definitely highlighting um, the need to really work on those wounds that we all have. So even if your natal Chiron isn't in the sign of Aries, um, this is still affecting people on a larger scale. And it's a longer transit for sure. Um, chiron is. But uh, yeah, so Jupiter quintile Chiron is asking to find a way to constructively use whatever you're trying to heal within yourself. Um, and again, with Jupiter being that spectrum of like growth or, um, you know, confirmation bias and dogma and thinking that your opinion is the only valid opinion, um, that can, in, in it's, you know, rougher, not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The unintegrated Jupiter. Uh, the hub- The hubris of Jupiter is definitely thinking that it's right all the time. Um, So hopefully this isn't a place to get caught in um, our conditioning and our thought patterns of unworthiness or, well, this is just how I am, or I'm never going to fix this about myself. Um, This is really an opportunity to not just heal, but to find beauty and usefulness Um, and some aspect of generosity through that healing. So using whatever you're going through to actually help other people. Um, And it could be something deeply personal. It could be something very small. Um, It doesn't have to be this big, grand thing. It's just I feel like it's a really nice, lovely aspect to have happening while A lot of things are still shut down um, when we still have a lot of time to ourselves so that's um, happening on June 1st so that's how we start out the month Um, and then on June 5th we have the full moon um, partial lunar eclipse at 15 degrees Sagittarius so the nodes shifted From Cancer Capricorn axis to the Gemini Sagittarius axis um, in in mid-May, and that the nodes shift about every two years. Um, And eclipses are the eclipse cycles um, have a lot to do with like karma, and that doesn't. I think sometimes people misunderstand the word karma. Um, It's not necessarily about past lives although it can be interpreted that way if you, you know, if you're into that. Um, But even for people who aren't, karma, the meaning of the word karma is simply action. So karma is just action and reaction, um, action and consequence of that action. So when you have eclipses staying in certain, on the axis of certain signs for two years, this is basically pointing us in the direction of what we need to develop during that time. So shifting from Cancer, Capricorn, to Gemini, Sagittarius, we are um, starting to look at our belief systems, um, the kind of information that we consume, and then how we use it. Um, Sagittarius can be can definitely get entrenched in its beliefs sometimes, and um, whereas Gemini is more curious. And with the North Node being in Gemini now, that's definitely asking for a greater curiosity and even perhaps a slight detachment from our old belief systems. Um, I'm personally really hoping that this gets people to realize (laughs) that their opinions are not who they are and that's not to say that opinions aren't important but at the end of the day um, it's just an opinion and I know many people um, who you know I might not share that opinion um, but I know that they're a good person and I can see that through their action um, which definitely brings us back to that you know karma um, so learning to kind of let yourself be more open to different perspectives and um, understand that what works for you doesn't necessarily work for everyone else and vice versa. So um, we have our first eclipse in Sagittarius on this new nodal axis. Um, and it's, it's not a full eclipse, so it won't be as intense or anything, but it's at 15 degrees Sagittarius. So if you have any natal planets in your chart close to or on that 15 degree mark, you might feel it um, more than some other people. But also if you just have planets natal planets in Sagittarius or Gemini or like, um, important placements like your ascendant or something, um, that's something to pay attention to and just notice if anything changes or if your mood shifts or your thoughts, um, where your thoughts are around that date of June 5th. Now, the thing about eclipses too is that they can trigger, um, Endings, And and that's where we get back into, like, the whole karmic cycle thing. Um, You know, for something new to begin, something old has to end. That's just balance. Um, That's just how the universe operates in general. So um, eclipses do bring about change, but it's not always um, immediate. Sometimes it can be. But eclipses, usually you feel the unraveling and restructuring effects for about six months usually. Um, So we have the lunar eclipse on June 5th, and then later in the month we have a solar eclipse, which I'll get to um, when we get to that date. But again, if you have anything in Gemini or Sagittarius in your natal chart, pay attention because this will... um, definitely highlight something for you, but everybody has Sagittarius and Gemini in their chart, even if you don't have, um, planets there. So look to what houses those are for you. um, because that will be, those, those houses will be very active for you over the next two years in general. So that's something to pay attention to for sure. And that'll kind of help you understand and give, Um, give some context to what might be going on in your life. Um, And just an aside for people who are um, really into, like, ritual practice and stuff, I, in my own experience, um, eclipses can be really good for releasing. So doing something like um, a burning ritual things like that eclipses are really good for releasing they're not good for stability so i personally wouldn't recommend doing any kind of like manifestation ritual um on the eclipse because or or any sort of like talismanic kind of ritual um i know some people like to work with the lunar cycle and um make, you know, oils and things. And I see it happen a lot with people who don't um, know a lot about astrology. And the moon is fairly easy to work with because it's super visible. Um, We see it all the time. And the phases are so apparent. Um, But you also have to look at the context of the rest of the chart, um, the rest of the sky, and what's going on, and aspects to the moon, et cetera, et cetera. So, people who might normally do things around a full moon or a new moon um, don't necessarily know how to use an eclipse appropriately, and that's not meant as like a judgment or anything. It's just something that I've learned over time, and so I wanted to share it that um, you don't want to do some kind of ritual, um, to make a talisman or something, anything that you're doing to capture the energy of that moment, you don't want to do around an eclipse, unless you're trying to bottle instability and chaos, um, essentially. And part of that is related to, um, well, I'm just going off on an eclipse tangent here, but humor me. Um... (laughs) So, in ancient times, eclipses were very frightening for our ancestors because they didn't understand, not all civilizations, but, you know, primordial man. Um, Before we had science, or at least the kind of science that we have now, eclipses would startle people because it was very disruptive, and it, you know, if you can imagine... um, if you didn't know, if you didn't know an eclipse was coming, and then you're out and you're, you know, in the woods one day and everything goes dark in the middle of the day, and if you've ever seen an eclipse, um, you'll know that even though it's so fascinating, and even though you know what's happening now, it's still really creepy. Because, <laughs> um, like, crickets will start chirping, even though it's, you know, noon or whatever time of day it is that this is happening, um, things get very quiet, but it, it, like, it happens quickly, and it's just, it's unsettling, so the psychological patterning of eclipses, um, contain that, and so there's, there's that aspect of it, and then also just the way that eclipses work, in terms of um, releasing and endings and like karmic stuff so catch using something to capture that moment and that energy isn't always good because it can really wreak havoc on your life or if you're somebody who sells things like that you um, I just I think it's a bit unethical to like bottle chaos and um, sell it to people who are probably wanting something different out of it. Um, so I just, I just wanted to put that out there um, so that we can avoid some accidents and um, bad decisions, hopefully. <laughs> okay. So um, June 10th, we have Uranus semi-sextile to Chiron. Um, this is considered a minor aspect when two planets are 30 degrees apart. Um, so basically a, a half-sextile. It's still a harmonious aspect Um, and this is essentially when two planets can begin to work together because you have um, the semi-sextile and then as things move, you know, you'll later get into the full sextile. So this is like step one, if you will, of two planets um, working together for some kind of end goal. Now, this is the planet Uranus in Taurus and, again, um, Chiron in Aries. So, um, Uranus, his ultimate goal is liberty and to be unencumbered and unrestricted. Saturn, or, I mean, (laughs) Uranus is the planet past the boundary and limitation of Saturn. Um, So, Uranus is all about shedding the things that hold us back and then with this semi-sextile to Chiron which again is that um, planet that has to do with our psychological wounds especially in Aries um, our insecurities around our identity our persona um, our bodies just whatever kinds of identity security issues that you have and um, So the semi-sextile, this is like how we're going to start working with shedding those problems and that doesn't mean a rejection of shadow because anything you repress um, just comes back a lot more forcefully later on. This is more about getting to um, see see that part of our shadow and um, Reconcile it and integrate it, and then release the the baggage, if you will. So all that insecurity baggage, which we all have, um, that might be a good time to really start working on um, shedding and healing what you can of it. So if you um, if you have a wound. Which is chiron, kind of but but physically, like if you have a a wound, you have to bandage it at first um, to protect it from infection, but inevitably it has to breathe. Uh, if you leave the bandage on for too long it's not it's not going to heal. it needs the air, it needs the light, but not before it's ready. so if you have had any experience with like counseling or therapy or even addiction. People, you cannot force people to get help. People get help when they are ready, when they themselves are ready to get help. So if you find yourself in a position around this time that you feel ready to face certain things that you know you need to resolve, um, then that would be a really good time to do it. But I also think um, there's a lot of stuff on social media about... I feel like it kind of bullies people sometimes into um, shaming them for not not being ready to heal certain things. Um, We all have to do that on our own time. Yes, it's important. Yes, it's necessary. But if you try to jump in before you know how to swim, you're going to drown. And that's true for everything in life, but especially anything that involves like deep psychological work. Um, Yeah, it's It's foolish and and dangerous to try to push somebody into healing when when they're just not ready yet. So, again, just my little um, PSA there. (laughs) But if you feel ready for it, that would be a really good time to work with that. Um, And being that we're still in Gemini season, um, working with that, like like maybe even just journaling and giving um, voice to those, to those issues might help to work through them and gain perspective and things like that. Okay. Um, June 18th, we have our lovely Mercury retrograde in Cancer. Yay. <laughs> um, Mercury will be stationing retrograde at 14 degrees Cancer. So check out, again, your, your natal chart. Do you have anything at 14 degrees cancer or very close to it? Do you have anything in cancer at all? Um, because that will highlight specific things for you. What house in your chart is, um, is in cancer? Those will provide you with clues as to how, um, how this will break down for you. Um, and just as a side note, I always like to, like, teach people how to do this for themselves, um, but I do also offer mercury retrograde reports, which are highly specific and based on your natal chart, um, for 20 bucks through my email. Um, so, and I'll, I'll be doing those for the uh, Cassiopeia level patrons um, on patreon.com. But I'll also have for the, um, well, I think pretty much for everybody, it'll be any level tier will be working with Mercury Retrograde specifically this month. Um, So there will be more information there um, if you're interested in that. And it's just patreon.com slash practical magic with an underscore between the two words. Um, but yeah, so, Mercury retrograde in cancer, people are just going to be very in their fields and sensitive, um, and so that's already, we already have those issues with Mercury retrograde, but especially in cancer, because cancer can um, struggle sometimes with boundaries, and um, that's not meant as a put-down. I have several really good cancer friends, and I love them. <laughs> But it's just that's sort of where cancer has some fault. Um, And I've noticed with people with um, the moon or Mercury in cancer, sometimes there's this um, expectation of wanting people, especially in partnerships, um, but just like even friends and people close to you, wanting people to know how you feel without you telling them. So cancer can have this quality of like expecting emotional intelligence where actual communication is necessary. It's not fair to expect people in our lives to be mind readers or energy readers and to just know how we feel all the time or know why we're upset or know why what they said hurt us if we don't say it out loud which is very Mercury retrograde in Cancer. Um, So being able to communicate feelings is going to be touchy, but very, very necessary during that time. So just something to keep in mind there. Um, And then June 20th, the Sun joins Mercury in Cancer, uh, moving into the sign of Cancer. Um, So then we will officially begin Cancer season. Um, June 21st, we have the new moon and partial solar eclipse at zero degrees Cancer. So this is um, one of the last eclipses on the Cancer-Capricorn axis. So this will be a revisitation of um, whatever themes you had during the last two years that were related to those eclipses. Um, in the signs of Cancer and Capricorn. So if you can look at your chart and see what houses are in those signs for you and think about any kind of big changes that occurred in those parts of your life over the last two years, this is kind of just like a, a revisitation and a wrapping up of those things before the nodes um, or the eclipse points completely shift into only Gemini and Sagittarius. So we're starting out with a lunar eclipse in Sag, but then we have this solar eclipse in Cancer. So especially look to zero degrees Cancer. If you have anything at or near, like within a few degrees of zero degrees Cancer, um, definitely something to keep in mind because that will be a point of activation for your life and your chart. Um, and the fact that we have an eclipse there in the same sign at the same time as Mercury retrograde, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll reserve um, my, my judgments there, but I feel like people are just going to be really, really sensitive. Okay, so June 23rd, we have Neptune uh, stationing retrograde in Pisces. This adds to the mountain of um, planets in retrograde. So as of then, we will have Venus, Mercury, (laughs) Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and Neptune all in retrograde. Um, Venus stationed retrograde earlier in May, as did... um, jupiter saturn pluto a little bit before that even so it's just retrograde season um some retrogrades are good though because it it removes the influence of that planet in some ways so we've already seen with saturn um, retrograde a lot of the lifting of restrictions and limitations so things are starting to open up whether or not that's a good idea um (laughs) That was to be expected with Saturn stationing retrograde because Saturn has so much to do with restriction and discipline and limitation. And so his influence is currently withdrawn. Um, And Neptune um, is this planet, especially in Pisces where it has rulership, Neptune is very foggy and idealistic and likes to escape reality, especially when reality... Um, highlights the how, how unsustainable a fantasy is. Um, Neptune definitely has rose-colored glasses. <laughs> so we talked earlier a few episodes back about Venus retrograde, which is happening until June 25th. And Venus has been in a square to Neptune during this time. So Neptune has been adding this influence to Venus, um, making our judgments and our um, values related to connection and relationships murky and um, it's interesting because june 23rd neptune stations retrograde And then two days later, June 25th, Venus stations direct. So it's starting to separate from that square and Neptune is removing its influence from Venus right before Venus stations direct. So whatever kinds of things you were working on with this Venus retrograde in Gemini, um, those, those things will become more and more clear and your path forward will be more and more clear. So that's something to keep in mind too. Um, June 27th Mars will enter Aries. Mars will be in Aries for the rest of this year which is very uncommon. Um, It's normally in a sign for six weeks but now it's going to be there for almost six months uh, because we have a Mars retrograde later in the year. I'm so glad that Mars doesn't (laughs) station retrograde every year because as an Aries uh, it, it makes me very tired. Um, So Mars will be hanging out in Aries for the rest of this year. What house is Aries for you? Because Mars brings a lot of action and motivation and heat and fire and enthusiasm, but also um, some, definitely like some aggression towards that part of your life, um, that part of your chart. And whatever part of your life that is for you it's really good to use it while it's there um, because it's going to be there for so long (laughs) so and ideally you know every every planet is a spectrum and i know i say this all the time but i just like to show the different ways that a planet can manifest because i don't think any planet is purely good or purely bad so the best use of Mars is um, for getting things done, for pursuing conquests, for starting projects, for um, very active things that take a lot of energy. When Mars cannot be channeled constructively in those ways it becomes uh, angry and mean and um, unnecessarily competitive so not competitive in like a in a healthy constructive way but like a resentful mean um competition especially in the sign of Aries where it has rulership um Aries is you know the fiery warrior persona um and it definitely can get things done and the the thing about Aries energy is that (coughs) excuse me Aries energy moves very quickly, so the thing with Aries energy is that it, um, I don't want to say it's unstable, but it's just, it's very quick to peak, um, and just as quick to decline, so mars and aries is super fast and heated and ready to go but you have to rein that in and pace it a bit otherwise it um you'll just burn yourself out so that's another thing to keep in mind with this very long um mars and aries transit whatever part of your chart that is you're going to have a lot of energy and motivation but remember to pace yourself And I say this as an Aries. (laughs) Um, We are so prone to overdoing it and then crashing and burning um, because we take on too much at at one time because we're feeling it. We're feeling excited. We're ready to go. And in the moment, we really feel like, okay, I can do this. I can do all of this at once. Um, It's like trying to sprint up Mount Everest. You're only going to get so far before you hit the ground. So, um, yeah, something to keep in mind. Try to use this very constructively and mindfully in the sense of, like, we have have it for the whole rest of the year. So you have all this time to use this energy. You don't have to use it all right away. Um, Learning how to stabilize and maintain that energy is going to be super helpful versus when this first starts feeling like yes, I can do everything and then, you know, a month later being super exhausted and burnt out. Okay. <laughs> and then on June 30th we have Jupiter conjunct Pluto at 24 degrees Capricorn. We have had Jupiter conjunct Pluto earlier in the year around it was April 4th. So, Jupiter brings some kind of benefit, opportunity, blessing, gift um benefit could be money, could be a promotion. Um when it's coming together with Pluto, so Pluto rules lots of things. Um power, So around April 4th is when um, some stimulus checks really started going out. So getting a benefit of money from the government, um, which is very much um, Jupiter conjunct Pluto. Uh, I had a client tell me recently, too, that certain student loans are just getting paid off in chunks from the government. So that's definitely a Jupiter conjunct Pluto thing. Um, But check out what sign Capricorn is for you and see, um, or what sign, sorry, what house, (laughs) what house Capricorn is for you. Um, and that will kind of indicate where you should be looking for this opportunity or benefit to come into your life. Um, so like for me, it was second house. I got a stimulus check. That's very literal on point, um, for that conjunction for my chart. Um, so, you know, if it's, like, in your 10th house or 6th house or, or maybe even potentially second, it could be something work-related, money-related, um, but something, definitely something to keep in mind. Um, and then we have another, one last Jupiter conjunct Pluto in November. I think it's November 12th. So there'll they'll be one last um, little gift there before Jupiter moves into Aquarius, Um, And this could also have, for some people, this might have more of like a a spiritual or psychological edge to it. um, Because Jupiter is associated with spirituality and learning and and expansion. um, And Pluto definitely is linked to the subconscious, the underworld, um, the shadow, things like that. So it could also be something comes up around that time, especially if this is like maybe your ninth house, um, eighth house, ninth house, something like that. It could be more of a an aha moment, I would feel like, like perhaps you find this certain book that really like opens doors for you mentally or emotionally or... Um, just some kind of insight. So it may not necessarily be a physical manifestation for you in the sense of like a check or a promotion. Um, So be looking out for that too. It really just depends on your personal chart. But whatever it brings up should be something beneficial. (laughs) So that's nice. That's like one little um, point of light in 2020's dumpster fire of Oh, cosmic fuckery, um, and then that—that's most of June. Um, July—it's just I'm mentioning this because it's July 1st. Uh, Saturn has been retrograde for a little bit already, but Saturn will be retrograding back into Capricorn. Um, and I mentioned this before in a different episode, but if you are 29:30. Um, if you've already been through your Saturn return in Capricorn, then this is going to be sort of like a, a revisitation of those themes, um, of to, basically to check if you have integrated and learned those things that you were meant to learn <clears throat> during your Saturn return. So there might be something that comes up from the past Related to those things, related to maturity, related to cutting off loose ends, to developing better habits. Saturn's ultimate goal is dignity. So don't be surprised if there's some kind of like test that comes up during this time. Saturn will be in Capricorn from July 1st until mid December. Um, So it's really just like a checkup, like, okay. Did you get it right? Did you learn this? Are you really done learning these things? Or do you need another round? Um, so definitely something to keep in mind for the, those of us who went through our Saturn return in Capricorn, um, watch out for the snakes. (laughs) Okay. Um, that is all of the astrology for June, um, that's relevant for now, um, If there's any other minor stuff, um, minor aspects or things that come up during the month, I'll probably just bring them up separately in other episodes just as a little um, note or reminder. But yeah, Um, lots of planets in retrograde. We're starting eclipse season again, shifting of the nodes. There's a lot going on this year. Um, I don't need to tell you that. You already know that, but... (laughs) It's certainly reflected in the cosmos. So, um, yeah, check out <clears throat> check out what signs or God, I gotta quit saying that. What houses <laughs> um, Gemini and Sagittarius are for you because those are going to be a- pretty activated. Um, Cancer, Capricorn stuff. We're wrapping it up. We have Saturn revisiting Capricorn. Um, and we have the last eclipse in Cancer. Um, I'll have to check and see if there's any more in Capricorn, but I don't think so. Um, so we're just we're wrapping up all the Cancer Capricorn stuff that we had to learn over the last few years. This is especially important because after this year, um, Saturn moves into Aquarius, Jupiter moves into Aquarius, and then Pluto follows a couple years after that. So we're we're wrapping up. All of those lessons um, related to those parts of your life. If you have any um, astrology related questions, um, you can find me on Patreon or, well, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Um, But if you are, if you just want like a reading and you're not necessarily interested in um, joining Patreon, um, you can just email me beauty markings at gmail.com. Um, I always take chart readings, consultations, um, things like that. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I hope this is helpful. I really enjoy sharing this um, with people because it, maybe I sound like a broken record, but it's helped me make sense of life and give a lot of context to things that are happening in the world and in um, my personal life. And so I like to share it with other people just to help us sort of um, grab onto reality in a way, (laughs) which seems especially necessary this year in particular. But thank you so much for listening. Um, And like I said, on Patreon, we will start to work with Mercury retrograde and I will also be doing so in May I did um, a lecture on understanding the house system and what each house means in the chart and then um, this month I we're going to be going through the I'll have a lecture posted on the planet so what each planet represents and how to use it work with it understand it all of that um yeah So hang in there, guys. I know quarantine's, like, kind of easing up a little, but it's, I know for me personally, I'm the kind of person that processes things later. So um, in the moment when things are really hard, I'm definitely, like, a clutch player. Like, I just hold it together and do what I have to do to get through it, and then later when things start to um, get easier, then it's, like, I can, process, I can start to process it later. <laughs> so um, I've noticed just with myself on a personal note, like now that I've been able to return to work um, and now that life doesn't feel as claustrophobic, I've started feeling the things that I probably should have been feeling while in quarantine. <laughs> um, so if you're feeling that, you're definitely not alone. And we do have a continuing square between Saturn and Uranus, which just feels like we're sick of being out of, you know, not having a lot of agency over our movements and our freedoms. Um, and that's going to just be a theme for this year ongoing. So anyway, just wanted to mention that if you're feeling that I feel you, I get it. Um, (laughs) but Hey, we're already essentially halfway through 2020. So that's good, right? (laughs) Okay, thanks so much for listening. Um, I'll be working on some more stuff for you guys soon. Bye.